So, hey there, friends, and welcome to episode 211 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. 211, that seems like a hard word, hard number to say. Anyway, we are going to dive into a conversation today all about people pleasing and the art of self connection. So, stay tuned. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So people-pleasing. Last week, if you tuned in, you know this is part of a sort of sibling set of people-pleasing and perfectionism. Last week, we talked all about perfectionism. This week, we're going to talk about people-pleasing. They are not dissimilar. I think they have a lot in common. And you might identify as having elements of one or both. You might be like, oh, yes, I'm one of those people-pleaser peoples, um, but I'm definitely not a perfectionist. But if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I recommend tuning into that one. You can listen to this one first. They certainly don't you know, follow each other along um, in any particular order, but I do think that they go together really, really well because there's elements of what we talk about when we talk about perfectionism that show up in people-pleasing as well. So people-pleasing, do you think of yourself as a people-pleaser? I 100% do. Less now than I used to be, but it's absolutely still a part of who I am, without a doubt. I mastered people-pleasing from a very young age. I believe that I saw my role for a very long time in lots of different settings as like the hmm, – what's the right word? I was going to say the negotiator, but that's not quite right. Like, like I was the peacekeeper. That's the word I'm looking for. And not necessarily trying to keep peace between two different parties, but peacekeeping in the sense of, of helping somebody else retain or regain their peace. And I was the kid in school who teachers would sort of buddy up with, you know, quote unquote, the naughty kid. I don't think that's a real thing, but they would sort of buddy me up with the kids who had more problematic behaviors because they knew that I could have an impact on the way that they were behaving in the in the room. And I don't know what I think about that now as an adult, but that is not the point of this. But it definitely became a huge part of my identity that I had this ability to be very aware of and have an impact on the way other people felt. And that is, by definition, what it is to be a people pleaser. In fact, if you look up the definition, the definition is a person who has an emotional need to please others at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. And I think that's really interesting, a person who has an emotional need to please others. So not only do we please other people at the expense potentially of our own needs and desires, but we have a need to be doing that because it makes us feel good about who we are. It aligns us with our identity. And I absolutely get this. I absolutely am like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep. If I wasn't keeping other people happy, I didn't always know who I was. I want to sort of point out a, a line of thinking that was very common for me in the expectation, I suppose, that it might resonate with some of you. I 
would often say things like, I know I can deal with my own disappointment, but I'm not confident that I can deal with the disappointment of somebody else. And so I would much rather like have my needs and desires discarded so as not to disappoint or upset or inconvenience somebody else. I was so much more comfortable with the idea of disappointing myself. And I say that, like I said, because maybe you're listening and going, oh, me too. Yep. (laughs) I would definitely rather disappoint myself because I know how to hold space for that disappointment, that discomfort, but I don't know how to hold space for the disappointment of somebody else. I don't know if I could live with myself if I disappointed somebody else and I did it consistently and they didn't like me anymore as a result. So let's talk about what people pleasing can look like and how it can, what, like what impacts it can have. So we say yes when we mean no to invitations, to requests, to questions about our opinions, our thoughts and our beliefs. I have absolutely sat on the fence about things in order to not upset somebody else. And look, there's room for that, for sure. We have to know how to read a room, right? And if our safety is at risk, then maybe we do, you know, please somebody else um, to keep ourselves safe. But in most scenarios, in most day-to-day scenarios, that's not really the case, right? But we can be giving little, you know, massaging our opinions, massaging our beliefs, um, saying no to things we mean, saying yes to things we mean no to, and ultimately losing ourselves in the process. We disconnect from our own beliefs, our own desires, our own thoughts, our own needs, because they're not really even front and center. And so we don't even know what they are sometimes by the time we've been doing this long enough. We miss out on things that are important to us because it interferes with something that somebody else wants. Oh, I was going to go to yoga, but then the kids needed me. Oh, I was going to go to yoga, but my husband had to do this thing. Oh, I was going to go to yoga, but then I realized the house was a mess. Oh, I was going to go to yoga, but then I realized that, you know, I had this like 50 emails I needed to reply to. Some of those things, again, will be valid. Like if you've got a sick kid on the couch and you're the caregiver, maybe you do need to put your, you know, yoga class on the back burner. Perhaps. Not always. Um, but but it's not like there's no rules around this, right? So, but what can happen is be- it, it becomes a rule. And we talked about this a lot last week in the in um, the perfectionism one, that this idea that we're being driven by rules rather than our values, And it can become a bit of a rule that like, if there's anything else that needs my attention, it's going to get it before it or they are going to get it before my needs are met. And there will always be exceptions to the rule where it's like, no, it is appropriate to not go and do that yoga class because you're caring for someone or it's appropriate because, you know, the, the way that the household is that day, just, it doesn't work. Right. Absolutely. But just because that is sometimes true doesn't mean that it's always true, right? Our relationships can sometimes end up feeling more like give than take. And we feel resentful. We feel dissatisfied. We feel depressed, anxious, lost, disconnected. One of the things that I felt a lot of the time and that I know I've heard other people say as well is this feeling of like just being desperate for someone to do for you what you do for them. To notice, right? Like to notice she's not okay. She needs someone to look after her. 
and it doesn't happen, right? So we wait for someone to step in and give us permission to do the things that we want to do, but we just keep waiting. We're described as things like superwoman, selfless, generous, self-sacrificing, understandable, agreeable, all of these things that are very, um, they, they, they feel good to other people, right? And they, they do give us something too. There's absolutely, um, there's absolutely benefits on both sides. Now, that to say, this kind of behavior works for us, right? There's a reason we keep doing it. There's a reason that we aim to please other people and put our own needs on the back burner. And it's not all bad, right? We're wired for connection with our people. We're wired to belong. We're wired not to be discarded by our people. We want to be accepted. We want to be included. We want to be safe, And so it makes sense because to be disconnected, to be rejected is an evolutionary risk, right? So we are driven absolutely to please other people. It has its role. But what we have to ask is like, is it really working for us overall? Underneath the need and desire to belong is something a little bit less palatable. And it's that belief that if we do not please other people, that we won't be loved that we won't be included, that we will be rejected. Like that stings, right? I know every time I really face that, it's like, oh, ouch. Is that really what I think of the people who love me? That they're only there, that they only love me because of what I can do for them. And I, I don't believe that. But sometimes it's exactly how I behave. It suggests that our value, our inherent value doesn't exist unless we are serving somebody else's needs. Double ouch. The biggest thing that I see in my work as a counsellor, as a movement coach, is that when we people please by default, as in it becomes just like a part of who we are and what we do, we miss out on the things that matter to us. It's things like the self-care, the yoga class, going for a walk, um, spending time with our friends, seeking joy, doing those activities, taking that class, all of those things, they tend to be the things that we miss out on. Rest. They take a back seat because somebody else will always have something that they need that we can help them with, right? Somebody will always have something that we can assist them with, that we can please them through, our own actions. And somehow when we are stuck in this people-pleasing mode, their needs consistently trump our needs, always. I've got tips. (laughs) I was going to say something else, but I've got tips. I've got some tips because this is a really easy pattern to slip into. As I said, I think I lived the bulk of my life this way. I felt very lost for a really long time because given the chance to stop prioritizing everybody else's needs, I wasn't even sure what mine were. I didn't even know what I wanted. I didn't know what brought me joy. I had no idea. And so um, I've got some tips to help. The first tip, there's three. The first tip is exactly the same as last week's first tip, which is to be clear on your values as distinct from rules. Values guide 
our behavior based on like what we deeply desire in terms of how we show up in the world. And when we really take the time to get clear on our values, what we'll find is that sometimes we think we value um, something that would lead us to people, please. But underneath that is something deeper, right? So, like, I absolutely value connection. I value, um, you know, my relationships being connected in my relationships. But that is not the same as a rule that says in order to be loved, you have to put their needs 100% of the time above your own. It's different. So being clear on our values allows us to then make some decisions that might give us the space to prioritize our own needs. So if I value kindness towards myself just as much as anyone else, then I will put my needs ahead of others at times. Maybe not all the time, but at least some of the time. If I value my own well-being, then I will choose to prioritize my needs. And sometimes that can be confronting, right? It's like, oh, I do value my own well-being, but I do literally nothing to serve that need. Hmm. Interesting. And that's what we might find when we start to do this work is that the things that I value are not the ways that I'm behaving, right? Um, And so that can then lead us to sort of make some new decisions, to take some new directions, to try some new behaviors and see, like, how does that feel? So getting clear on your values as distinct from rules is a really valuable place to start. Second tip is to become aware of how people pleasing feels. I used some words earlier like resentment. Um, now I've forgotten what other, other, what other words I used is satisfaction, anxiety, disconnection. Sometimes pleasing another person feels wonderful. You're like, I just made that person's day and I feel fantastic. Sometimes it feels really, really crap because you're like, I didn't want to do that. I felt like I didn't have a choice. I feel resentful because I've now missed this thing that I wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So paying attention to how your body feels when you make these decisions. We feel things in our bodies sometimes before we have the conscious understanding of what's going on in our head. We get clues from that, clues about when we're acting in alignment with our values and clues about when we're not. Sometimes we can look out for language too. Words like should, have to, must, I don't want to, but I'll feel guilty if I don't. Those sorts of things can come up. So you might be more aware of the words before you are of the feelings or the other way around. And so my invitation is to just get curious about those things, become available to notice them, to notice when you are acting and the words that are coming into your head and your heart are like, I don't want to do this, but, or I really feel like I should, but I really don't want to. And it's accompanied by this feeling of like dread, right? Pay attention to that. Pay attention. And then the third one is to decide on one thing that you want to do for you and let it be a little like pocket of peace, a little pocket of self-care, a little pocket of kindness. Maybe it's deciding that your one thing is going to be a walk. 
Maybe it's deciding that your one thing is going to be a mindful movement practice. Maybe it's a singing lesson. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's cooking, whatever. It can be anything. But pick one thing that is going to be your little pocket of peace and protect that. Protect it from your people-pleasing desires and create some space for it. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be five minutes. It can be an hour. It can be five hours if you want. But what allows you to show up for something that is important to you, something that allows your desires, needs, wants to be prioritized and do it. We might find ways to do that that don't interfere with other people or we might mildly inconvenience someone and we practice. It's a little bit like what I was talking about last week, practicing this via our self-care. The goal is not perfectionism, right? So you may be like, all right, I'm going to keep space for a 20-minute walk every day. That's going to be my pocket of peace and I'm going to protect that. And if somebody calls me and says, I need you to blah, and you're like, that is going to interfere with my walk, they are going to be mildly inconvenienced, but this is important to me, then we practice saying no. However, if your pocket of peace is going to be disturbed because, again, you've got an ill child, I don't think, like you've got, I don't even know if we've talked about that, but we've got an ill ill child, we've got um, an emergency, the pipes burst, you know, there's like chaos, somebody is distressed, whatever, 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 and you in that moment are like, you know what, the walk is not as important as this, fine, that's great. We don't have to be doing this via rules. But what happens if you give yourself that intention to create a pocket of peace in your day that you do protect and it allows you the space to practice, you know what, I can help you, but it's going to be in 20 minutes or I actually can't help you. Can you ask someone else? Can you do it yourself? Can you blah, 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 right? And the practice is where we get progress. As the famous saying goes, practice does not make perfection, it makes progress. As a people pleaser myself, as someone who has absolutely lived a life full of people pleasing, and I wouldn't describe myself that way, but I would certainly um, still talk about it as being one of my defaults if I'm not aware, that felt sense of what it feels like to be moving out of integrity with what it is you actually desire, it's hard to ignore once you pay attention. And like I said, sometimes we will have to ignore it. But a lot of the times we'll be able to move towards our desires, our needs, our wants with more confidence because we've started practicing. So they're the tips. Get clear on your values as distinct from rules. Become aware of how people-pleasing feels in your body, the thoughts that come up in your mind. Be on the lookout for those red flag words like should, must, guilt, etc. And decide on one thing that you can do for yourself and protect that pocket of peace. So there you have it. That is my today take on people-pleasing. And I say today take because I think we're going to revisit this topic over and over again in different ways. Just like I said last week with the perfectionism stuff. Because perfectionism and people pleasing can show up all over the place. Um, and, you know, it's part of, of navigating this human life of ours that some of these default ways that we have practiced being over a lifetime 
they're not going to just disappear, nor do we necessarily want them just to disappear, but we can get space and and create space for more curiosity and certainly more self-compassion. So come and share your thoughts with me. You know, you can find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb underscore self-kind. And if you're listening on an app, um, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you haven't yet left a rating or a review, I would be so grateful if you would. Um, it helps me to get the podcast in front of more ears. Um, is that a thing, getting it in front of more ears? Anyway, you know what I mean. So, if you haven't done that yet and you are in a position to do so, I would be so very grateful. All right. Until next week, keep being kind to yourself and I will talk to you again really soon. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWeb underscore self kind. And you can sign up for my e newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.